We're about midway through the year. Some stuff is finally starting to get introduced into Congress. So there is stuff that you can take action on today um, to support the profession, support some reforms. So these updates will include things like the Home Health Accessibility Act, so access to OT and home health, some Medicare Part B reform, long COVID funding, Allied Health Workforce Diversity Act, some mental health updates. So make sure to stay tuned for those. Hi, I'm Clarice Grody, and welcome to the Amplify OT podcast. I'm an occupational therapist by trade and a policy wonk by choice. This podcast is here to help you survive and thrive in the U.S. healthcare system through a better understanding of policy, advocacy, and value-based care. So let's dive in. Hello, OT Amplifiers. Welcome back to the Amplify OT podcast. It's Clarice Grody, your host, and I am so excited to be bringing you this episode because we are going to be doing a advocacy update because we're about midway through the year. Some stuff is finally starting to get introduced into Congress. So there is stuff that you can take action on today um, to support the profession, support some reforms. So these updates will include Things like the Home Health Accessibility Act, so access to OT and home health, some Medicare Part B reform, long COVID funding, Allied Health Workforce Diversity Act, some mental health updates. So make sure to stay tuned for those. So basically what I'm saying is this is going to be an episode that you want to listen to, you know, all the way through because there's going to be constant just new information and updates that you really, frankly, don't want to miss. Also going to do some Amplify OT updates, which we're going to get out of the way first. So telling you kind of the things that are going on with my business and some of that kind of stuff. Now, if you were like, Clarice, I do not give a hoot about what is going on with your business. Tell me all the advocacy updates. Skip ahead like five minutes. Okay, if you're still here, here are some updates on things that are going on with Amplify OT. So you may have heard at the beginning of the episode, I said hello to OT amplifiers. And this is because I have been searching for something that we can kind of call ourselves to, to unite us as kind of like a community. And I've gotten a lot of feedback from folks that they just don't identify as an OT advocate. So even if they're engaging in advocacy, and I would challenge you all to identify as an occupational therapy advocate, because you are, just by being a good practitioner, by listening to this podcast, staying informed, you are advocating for occupational therapy. But it's okay if that's not something that you want to label yourself as, if it's not something you identify as, because you're not alone. And so using the term OT advocates was just something that wasn't resonating with folks. So I went through some polls on Instagram, through the membership platform, asking people for feedback, went through like OT trailblazers or OT change agents, all of which I think are fantastic. But what really seemed to kind of resonate with folks was just OT amplifiers. And of course, it fits well with Amplify OT because... Really, the whole goal is for us to gain this information so that we can go out and spread the word on occupational therapy to advocate for it, to demonstrate our value, and to amplify right the role of occupational therapy in our healthcare system and for ourselves. So that is something you're going to hear me saying more often, like especially when I talk about the Amplify OT membership, going to be talking about joining our group of OT amplifiers. You might hear me say it throughout podcasts. So just wanted to let you know why that's going on. Other updates in terms of Amplify OT, I am fully recording the Mastering OT Policy and Medicare course. Of course, I've been considering renaming it again because I will admit to you the thing that I hate the most about being a business owner is probably naming any of my products. 
especially as someone who's a policy person, I like to just name things very literally. So it is a course about occupational therapy, Medicare policy, reimbursement, and advocacy. But no one wants to buy that course. You know what people want to buy is mastering OT policy and Medicare. So there's a little bit of marketing know-how for you and things that I have to think about. So if you have a better idea, let me know. But besides the point, I am fully for the most part, re-recording Mastering OT Policy and Medicare. I am taking back your feedback as to what you liked about the course, what you wish was included. I'm going to include a little bit more information about some private insurance. I'm going to add in some other lessons around quality measures and skilled services and just kind of make the lessons hopefully a little bit more cohesive and expanding some information. So focusing on that in July with a planned release most likely for August of all that new content. So if you're an Amplify OT member, Uh, you get access to all of that information that's currently up there now, and then you'll get access to the brand new course. Okay, so that's the update on Mastering OT Policy and Medicare, update on the Amplify OT membership. Signups are open through August 15th, if you didn't already know that. Um, Now's a great time to get in. I'm going to close the doors for probably a couple of months after August 15th to really focus on helping people through the Mastering OT Policy course as it's new, really building a community within the membership platform, So this is a great opportunity to join, especially if you're going to be thinking about starting your new job or starting a field work. I do have student rates. If you want the student rate, just send me an email and I'll send you the link because it's a pretty nice discount for our students or people who are within six months of graduating. But yeah, signups are open through August 15th. So if you're interested in the Amplify OT membership, if you want to gain access to all these resources, then head to the link down in the show notes or amplifyot.com slash membership. And uh, you'll get immediate access to those resources, the ability to send me questions, because as much as I love trying to help you on social media, I'm really only able to prioritize responses and thorough responses through the Amplify OT membership platform. So that is the best place to go if you actually want to really learn how insurance impacts your job every day. Okay, and last update is that I am so excited to announce that I am going to be hosting a live course, a live intensive. It's working name right now is the Mastering OT Policy and Medicare Intensive. The name may be changed, but what you need to know, as I heard loud and clear from Instagram polling, from chatting with you all in DMs, is that you want a live event that is one day and that offers a certification. So we are checking those three boxes. The current tentative date is September 23rd. It's a Saturday. The course will probably be like four, six hours, somewhere in there. I haven't quite fully outlined the content. It'll be a lot of the material that's in Mastering OT Policy and Medicare, but obviously not all of it that's in the recorded version because that's like six hour, five, probably it'll be six when I'm done recording it, hours of content. And there's no way we can do that in a live session. So it'll be kind of getting you those basics and understandings. There will be a certification probably in OT adult rehabilitation um, reimbursement policy is what we'll be focusing on is primarily that Medicare reimbursement stuff. It probably will not be as heavy on some of the advocacy, you know, civics, advocacy initiatives that I also cover in the recorded version. Um, We'll probably just be focusing really on that reimbursement and billing component. So that's going to be a live intensive. There will be breakout groups, but one of the catches is I'm only limiting it to 30 folks. Why 30? Because I really want to provide that intimate experience where I'm able to answer your questions, respond to you. I'm also going to include a faculty add-on, so uh, some other recorded resources that will talk about, you know, some specific research around advocacy and things like that focused on students, some potential 
assignment recommendations, so something that's a little more tailored to faculty needs versus the general practitioner or student. So there'll be 30 signups. So if you want to be notified as soon as those things sign up, I'm going to set up a wait list so you can get signed up on that. Actually, I'll go ahead and put a link in the show notes for that uh, to get on the wait list for when signups launch, because again, there'll only be 30 spots. So keep an eye out for all that information. I'm so excited for these changes that are coming. And then if I had to guess, I'll open up signups again for Amplify OT membership either sometime after that or October, but don't hold my feet to the fire. It depends on when it's the right time. That's it for the Amplify OT updates. Of course, if you have any questions, let me know. Um, I always enjoy chatting with you all and I don't get to talk about the business side of Amplify OT very often and I really do enjoy it. So let me know if you have questions about entrepreneurship or what else going on over here in uh, the headquarters of my office. Now let's get to your advocacy updates. Well, first and foremost, I am so excited to finally be able to talk about the Home Health Accessibility Act. You may have heard me mention this before, but that AOTA has been working for the last couple of years, really, on getting legislation introduced to make occupational therapy a qualifying discipline in home health. So under Medicare, Home Health A for the Part A benefit. So we had to get the ability for OTs to initiate the OASIS and therapy-only cases first, right? Because you can't get qualifying service and then still be unable to do the OASIS. So step one was checked in 2022 when that officially went into place. So we previously had the Medicare Home Health Flexibility Act, which was getting approval for OTs to do the OASIS in home health and therapy-only cases that passed in 2021, was implemented in 2022. And we are now excited to say that the Home Health Accessibility Act is coming soon. So I don't believe it has yet been introduced in the House and the Senate, meaning it doesn't yet have a bill number, but we have the sponsors lined up. Good news is, is that we have a big champion of occupational therapy who's the head of the Ways and Means Committee, which is Jason Smith from Missouri. So it's always great to have someone like that who was, he was the previous champion of our Home Health Flexibility Act. So it's great now that he's the chairman of the Ways and Means Committee. Um, that's going to be really important for supporting this legislation. So stay tuned for more information on that piece of legislation. I will link for you in the show notes my article on qualifying services and a previous video or podcast I did about qualifying services that talks about kind of some of the issues here. But basically, the 60-second overview is that Medicare will only approve to pay for home health services if they have a qualifying service, which is PT, speech therapy, and nursing. So if someone is going to receive OT in home health, there has to be another qualifying service on that initial order, meaning that OT can't be the only one on the initial order. So this bill would fix that. This has been an issue since the 80s. AOTA has asked for it been fixed, but it has to require an act of Congress. And the Medicare Home Health Flexibility Act took like over eight years to pass. Hopefully this one will pass in less time, but we don't know because it's going to cost money. So anytime you're adding a new benefit to Medicare, it's going to cost money, which makes it a little bit harder to pass in Congress. So we will see. But this is an opportunity for you to take action. You can email your legislators, ask them to support it, call them, share your stories about why it's important for patients to have access to occupational therapy and home health, especially sharing stories of times where there were services that were provided that weren't really necessary because all they really needed was OT. But in order to get patient access to OT, we had to provide these other services. So some common examples that I've used is like 
Patients with recent shoulder replacements were really their only real deficits are ADLs or patients with dementia or history of falls. Those are some patients that sometimes really just only need occupational therapy services. So this is an opportunity for you to take advocacy right now. And other great news, the Occupational Therapy Mental Health Parity Act has officially been reintroduced into Congress. So this bill is a carryover from last year's Congress, but because we had a new Congress from the 118th, we have to reintroduce all this legislation. The Occupational Therapy Mental Health Parity Act has officially been reintroduced in the Senate. This is a piece of legislation that does not change coverage of mental health services for OT, but instead requires HHS to provide education on the services that are already covered. So in case you did not know, Medicare Part B already pays for and covers mental health occupational therapy services, so OT services that are provided to patients where a psychiatric diagnosis is the primary therapy diagnosis. So that is already covered. This act is just clarifying that. So we'll see if it passes, but ultimately this is more of a statement. So even if it doesn't pass, it can still have its intended effect in making people aware and confirming that occupational therapy services are covered for individuals with a psychiatric diagnosis. And that bill is also already on the Take Action page for AOTA. Another resurgence from Congress's past is the Expanded Telehealth Access Act. So this bill has been reintroduced and lists occupational therapy practitioners as eligible to provide telehealth under Medicare Part B. So you may know that telehealth has already been expanded under Medicare Part B through at least calendar year 2024 by Congress. This bill is asking to make it permanent. So to take those temporary waivers that were expanded by Congress and make them fully permanent. So this bill has been officially reinduced. It is up on the Take Action page for you to contact your legislators, which is linked in the show notes, or visit aota.org forward slash take action. But this is another exciting bill, and hopefully we can see it get passed. We also have some other bills impacting OT, such as the SHARE Act, which is the state's handling access to reciprocity for employment. This has to do with the licensure compact and basically creating a technical fix, allowing information to be shared between states and the FBI. This is a bill that wouldn't only impact OT's licensure compact. It would also make easier to share information for other compacts and other issues. A great example of OT uh, saving the day for multiple people, not just for ourselves. So I will admit this bill does get a little technical even for me. So I encourage you just to head to the Take Action page and read more about it. Another important bill is the funding the Allied Health Workforce Diversity Program. So this is not a formal piece of legislation that has yet been introduced. But as you may remember, the Allied Health Workforce Diversity Act passed as last year's Congress. Um, So that required the creation of a fund, but now we need to put money into that fund. So this advocacy effort is basically asking Congress to put money in there so we can start doling out some funds to support Allied Health Workforce Diversity. Our next piece of legislation is H.R. 1114, the Long COVID Recovery Now Act. And let me tell you, you know that Congress loves a good acronym, and this is frankly one of the worst. They really just threw together some words to make it spell out recovery because the long name for this bill is the Long COVID Response is Care Optimize and Vitally Essential Resources that Yield New Opportunities for Wellness also known as the Long COVID Recovery Now Act. Now tell me that that is not just word salad. Optimized and vitally essential yields new opportunities. I mean, come on. But that doesn't take away from the importance of this legislation. 
Um, this bill is basically exactly what it sounds like. It is providing funding to support treatment for patients who are experiencing the effects of long COVID. This provides additional funding for multidisciplinary teams of medical professionals, of which would include occupational therapy. So on the Take Action page, if you read through the message that AOTA is sending, um, it's basically just educating congressional members on the importance of occupational therapy, uh, the challenge of access in medically underserved areas, and why this kind of additional funding is really important, and why occupational therapy should definitely be included as part of the team. Uh, so this is another bill that is, again, on the Take Action page that you can email your legislators about today. All right, so this brings me to one of my favorite topics, uh, which is Medicare Part B and asking for permanent reform. And AOTA, APTA, and ASHA teamed up to write a, my opinion, spicy letter to Congress educating them on the issues. But it, it has a lot of details, so we are going to dive into it right after this break. Are you ready to take your occupational therapy practice to the next level? Then look no further than the Amplify OT membership. You heard that right, Amplify OT has its very own membership program. This membership is designed to help occupational therapy practitioners just like you stay informed about the latest developments in Medicare and advocacy. You will have exclusive access to resources, webinars, the Mastering OT Policy and Medicare course, Q&A sessions, plus the ability to DM me your questions and get answers fast. But of course, that is not all. As a member, you'll be part of a community of like-minded occupational therapy practitioners who are share their expertise and offer support. So by joining the Amplify OT membership, you'll be able to stay up to date on the latest Medicare regulations and guidelines, learn how to advocate for your patients and your profession, connect with other OT practitioners and students to share your knowledge, and you'll have access to those exclusive resources and webinars so you can reach your full potential as an OT provider. So don't miss out on this opportunity to take your practice to the next level. Sign up for the Amplify OT membership today by going to the link in the show notes or amplifyot.com forward slash membership. Don't forget to stay informed and be the change that you want to see in our healthcare system. Today's episode is proudly sponsored by MedBridge, your go-to resource for advancing your occupational therapy career and, of course, getting those necessary CEUs. If you are passionate about staying at the forefront of our field and enhancing your skills, MedBridge is a comprehensive solution. With a MedBridge subscription, you gain access to an extensive library of high-quality live and recorded courses led by industry experts. So stay up to date with the latest advancements in occupational therapy, explore evidence-based practice, and enhance your clinical skills. One reason that I really like and recommend MedBridge is because they have both intervention-based courses and policy and reimbursement-based courses, and that is a rare find in a CEU company. But here's the best part for our OT Amplifiers community. If you use the promo code AMPLIFYOT at checkout, you'll unlock an exclusive 40% discount on your MedBridge subscription. Yes, you heard that right, 40% off with the code AMPLIFYOT, that's A-M-P-L-I-F-Y-O-T. This is a fantastic opportunity to save some money, elevate your practice, and support Amplify OT. So don't miss out on this chance to supercharge your professional development and head over to MedBridge.com, use the promo code AmplifyOT, and enjoy the benefits of MedBridge while also supporting AmplifyOT and all the free resources that we produce here, like this podcast. 
So again, head to medbridge.com, use the code AmplifyOT at checkout, and we also have the link for you in the show notes. All right, welcome back, and let's dive into this AOTA letter. Now, I must admit, I love when policy gets a little bit heated. When I was a student at AOTA as the federal affairs team, I used to attend congressional hearings, and it was so fun, in my opinion, to watch how people would find ways to provide fairly strong insults and accusations in some of the most diplomatic and polite ways. And I just find it a fun way of wordsmithing a conversation. And so this letter definitely has some components that call out Congress and Medicare in pretty direct ways for essentially screwing over occupational therapy and physical therapy and speech therapy services. Now, one of the main reasons that this letter was written is, I mean, obviously, they've been working on these issues for a long time. The therapy associations are not naive to the fact that we have experienced significant cuts and reductions in reimbursement, especially over the last two to three years. It's just a matter of how exactly is the best way to go about addressing this. That's when we're not in crisis mode. And so the reason they released this statement is primarily because there was a hearing that was held on June 22nd by a subcommittee of investigation oversight in the House Energy and Commerce Committee, or the ENC Committee. And they were basically doing a review of the fee schedule and the implementation of the Medicare Access and CHIP Reauthorization Act, also known as MACRA. So this letter is essentially not just identifying the issues that are present, but also recommending solutions, which is always helpful if we are able to come up with our own solutions. And this is also probably why some of these policies took a really long time to come out is because trying to identify what the right solution is to a policy that is both amenable to the goals of Congress and CMS and also appropriate to all three therapy disciplines is definitely not an easy task because coming up with problems is always easier than identifying the solutions. Now, I'm sure you're dying to know what this letter says, so let's talk about it. So issue numero uno, number one, is eliminate the flawed and outdated Medicare payment policy, which is the Medicare Procedure Payment Reduction Policy, or MPPR. This was first implemented in 2011 and does apply to PTOT and speech. And this only applies to Medicare Part B for when therapists bill more than one, quote, always therapy services, which are identified by CPT codes. Basically, what this policy is, is that for the same day, for the same patient, all therapy services that are billed beyond that very first unit are reduced. So let's say OT bills three units of self-care and the PT bills three units of Therax on the same day for the same patient. The only unit that would be reimbursed 100% is that very first unit of self-care the rest would all be reduced. Even though the PT visit was separate, it still happened on the same day with the same patient. Now, the reason the self-care code is selected isn't necessarily because it was the very first code billed, but because self-care reimburses higher than Therax. So they do take that into account that whatever code has the highest practice expense value is reimbursed at 100%. So like Therac is generally worth more than self-care or Therax or your eval codes are worth more. Now, the actual rate of the reduction has gone through a few different adjustments. It was initially implemented at 25%. 
then it was adjusted to 20%, but as of 2013, it has been at a 50% reduction. Now keep in mind, this isn't like a 50% cut across the board of the CPT code. It's a 50% of a specific portion of that CPT code. So if the code pays $10, it's not that you're getting five, it would be a little bit more than that. So overall, the average therapy claim in 2013 was 8.5% less than the average therapy claim in 2010 as a result of the MPPR. So while it's not 50%, no one likes getting an 8.5% cut for pretty much no reason. Now, AOTA, APTA, and ASHA are asking for this policy to be removed because they say essentially when assigning the value to these codes, the duplication of work or practice expenses is already accounted for in the code payment itself. So by further reducing it, it's not really appropriately adjusting for costs. And this is where, again, it gets a little spicy, where they directly state that the payment reduction was arbitrary and that it doesn't recognize that OTPT and speech interventions are separate and distinct from one another. They also identify, and I quote, when CMS first proposed the MPPR, they purposefully did not consider how therapy services are provided in facility-based settings, even stating that it does, quote, not believe it would have been appropriate for us to consider institutional patterns of care, end quote. The letter does go on to explain further why this policy is ridiculous, so recommend you read it. Principle number two, providing patient choice under Medicare. This has to do with the ability to opt out for Medicare enrolled providers. If you're not familiar with what opting out means, I have a link in the show notes to my article on the ability to opt out or providing cash-based services to Medicare patients. But basically what this is addressing is that OTPT and speech cannot opt out of Medicare, meaning that if you are providing a covered service to a Medicare beneficiary, you must submit that claim. Therapy associations are arguing here that if we want to actually provide true patient choice and ensure access to the most appropriate care, that therapists should be able to opt out of the establishment enrollment rules set by the Medicare program. They also make a good argument that because of these inflexible policies that it really has hindered the implementation of innovative programs that may have been possible if providers were able to opt out of the requirement to bill Medicare for covered services. Because basically it hinders the ability of providers to participate in innovative or bundled payment models or some kind of grant-funded community-based services because they can't opt out. So while there may be some flexibilities in the policy, depending on who's interpreting it, it does overall hinder this kind of innovation. Alrighty, principle number three, reducing administrative burden for therapy services provided under Medicare Part B. This one is basically talking about the requirement to get a physician to sign off on the plan of care within 30 days in order to get reimbursed. Now, this section points out numerous flaws with this policy and provides, I think, reasonable alternatives. But my favorite part is at the end, they identify, basically, we have had cuts year after year as a result of the fee schedule. And so if you are going to have this additional administrative burden that really isn't supporting patient safety, you need to pay us more or you need to cut this out. So what the therapy groups are proposing instead of the current policy, which requires a physician signing off on the plan of care within 30 days in order to get paid, is they're basically asking for a new policy that if the physician sends over the order first, 
that the physician shouldn't have to sign off on the plan of care in addition to the order because by the physician sending the order, it's essentially already approving the plan of care. Now the clinician still has to send the plan of care to the physician, but they don't have to get the signature back. So the proposed change would that be if there is proof that the therapist submitted the plan of care to the physician, this would be sufficient to demonstrate that coordination was achieved. They then also propose that the physician would have 10 business days after receiving that initial plan of care to modify it. Now, if a therapy service was beginning without a physician order, which is allowed under Medicare, the receiving physician would have 30 days to modify the plan of care, but wouldn't necessarily have to sign off on it to approve it. So if this policy were to be adopted, there still does have to be proof that you coordinated care with the physician, but it doesn't punish the clinician if the physician doesn't sign off on the plan of care, which is what currently happens. If the physician, for whatever reason, doesn't sign off on the plan of care, the clinician is basically SOL for those services because Medicare won't pay you for it because you're missing the signature and because you can't recoup that payment from the patient. Now, keep in mind, this is a proposed policy. It is not currently in any kind of legislation, and it is not something you should be adopting in your practice. This is just what has been proposed. And in my opinion, frankly, seems pretty reasonable. It's not that much to ask to send the plan of care off, and you should be sending your plan of care in order to, in my opinion, demonstrate the value of occupational therapy services, but also for improved care coordination. But again, it's not providing all this additional administrative burden to try and prove that you did your best to collect a signature in case there wasn't a signature to still get paid, because it's still possible to get paid if you don't have the signature. But you have to show a lot of documentation showing how you tried to basically chase down the other clinician to get their signature. So this would definitely reduce a lot of unnecessary administrative burden. All right, principle number four, providing flexibility in the supervision of assistance and determine challenges facing the therapy workforce in rural and underserved areas. This has to do with, first, the OTA payment differential, which was implemented in 2022, or OTA and PTA, where Medicare pays 15% less for services provided by OTAs and PTAs in Part B. Um, If you have questions about that, again, have a link in the show notes to an article and podcast on that payment differential. It also is addressing the requirement for direct supervision of OTAs and PTAs in private practice. So what the therapy groups are asking for here is to standardize the supervision of OTAs and PTAs and changing it to general supervision because currently direct practice is the only area where Medicare requires direct supervision instead of general supervision. And based on a report that was funded by the therapy groups and was published by the healthcare economic consulting company, Dobson and Devonzo in 2022, it is estimated that a change in supervision would potentially save $271 million over 10 years. So definitely not an insignificant amount of money. They also identify how these policies definitely jeopardize employment opportunities for OTAs and PTAs, also reduces access to medically underserved and rural communities that really heavily rely on OTAs and PTAs in those areas. Based on this same report that looked at the prevalence of OTAs and PTAs in rural and medically underserved areas, it was found that patients that are in those specific, so basically medical deserts, that they are twice as likely to receive OT or PT from assistance versus an occupational therapist or physical therapist. And there's really a big change for the supervision requirement to be implemented before the end of the calendar year because currently there has been a waiver in effect for 
three years allowing general supervision in private practice. And so many OTAs and PTAs have been hired in private practice for that reason, but that waiver is set to expire at the end of the year. All right, principle number five, reforming MACRA, which was that 2015 Medicare Access and Chip Reauthorization Act, which we know as MACRA. And basically this has to do with MIPS. So MACRA developed a quality payment program, which had two different tracks, which was the Merit-Based Incentive Payment System, or MIPS, or the Advanced Alternative APMs, or AA, Advanced APMs. Initially, therapists were unable to participate in MIPS, but later on they were added in. However, if you talk to any therapist that is participating in MIPS, they will tell you that it does not work well. It doesn't really appropriately recognize the value that therapy providers add to the outpatient system. It really is heavily focused on physicians, which then disproportionately negatively impacts therapy services because essentially it kind of rules us out for being eligible for those bonus incentive payments, which are supposed to kind of make up for the fact that the physician fee schedule doesn't get adjusted based on inflation. So while this section is relatively short compared to some of the others, it doesn't necessarily recommend what the changes should be because, again, this is a very complex program, but it does ask for there to be effective oversight of these programs and for there to be development of a work group to identify barriers and develop recommendations for HHS to consider. All right, the last section of this article is calling for broad reforms to the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule which is talking about reducing the impact specifically of inflation on providers and the patients that we serve. Now, in case you need a quick refresher on what the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule is, this is the schedule that is put out every year that determines reimbursement for Medicare Part B services, including therapy services. This is the thing at the end of the calendar year, which is the Christmas gift that just keeps on not giving, where we receive cuts in therapy services, unfortunately, for the last few years. Now, the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule has to be implemented in a budget-neutral manner. So if something goes up, something has to come down. Also, the Medicare Physician Fee Schedule does not receive an adjustment based on inflation. So to put that in short, simple terms, even if we've had a lot of inflation, the overall bucket of money that Medicare has to spend on the Physician Fee Schedule doesn't change. So the American Medical Association did an analysis of the Medicare trustees data, which did adjust for inflation, and they determined that based on changes in inflation, Medicare payments to clinicians have essentially declined by 26% from 2001 to 2023. So based on the value of the dollar, facilities are basically making 26% less than they were in 2001. But of course, you line that up with the fact that clinicians are demanding higher and higher pay and that the cost of supplies, electricity, water, everything else has gone up. And here's again a little spicy line where the therapy associations lay it on thick as to how exactly Medicare has not been fair to therapy services. They say, I quote, the failure of the Medicare physician fee schedule to keep pace with the true cost of providing care combined with year-over-year -year cuts resulting from the application of budget neutrality, sequestration, and alternative payment model and value-based care models which are unavailable to therapists clearly demonstrates that the fee schedule is broken. Increasingly thin operating margins disproportionately affect small, independent, and rural practices as well as those treating low-income or other historically under-resourced or marginalized patient communities. I mean, 
the therapy associations were basically lining it up and then hitting it out of the park with this last section. Overall, they're asking for the fee schedule to be adjusted based on inflation to help better absorb those payment distributions. And this is also supporting the House Bill 2474, the Strengthening Medicare for Patients and Providers Act. I will have a link to this letter in the show notes. I'm also planning on trying to put together an article for you to help explain it a little bit further, but it is only four pages long. Definitely worth the read because not only did I find it informative, but I also enjoyed seeing our therapy associations getting pretty direct with Congress and Medicare about some of the issues that therapy providers are facing. So I hope you're just as excited as I am to see this information all laid out in one clear document, which makes it easier for us to advocate. I think it also helps explain some of the issues that we're facing as a profession with the frustration of stagnant wages, because you can understand, even if you're not a business owner, how difficult it is to provide increases in wage when reimbursement is actually going down. Now, that isn't to say that there isn't a lot of profits being made by some for-profit companies, but it at least helps explain some of the fact that it isn't so much that our services aren't valued, it's that the funding isn't even there in the first place, even if they did really highly value your services. So as always, there is so much to fix in our healthcare system, but this is why it is so fantastic that you are here that you are listening, you are educating yourself, and you are getting involved. Don't hesitate to reach out to me if you have any questions via email, via Instagram. And of course, I have a conversation going on the Amplify OT membership, which is the best place to engage in these kind of conversations because I can provide more comprehensive and thorough responses. And it's a better platform to engage in discussion with other providers in the same area and other OT amplifiers just like you. So don't forget, contact your legislators, be a member to support these advocacy efforts that are happening that will frankly benefit you regardless of whether or not you're a member. But imagine how much we could achieve if everyone was a member of these associations, how much more we could do. That is my last little mini soapbox for the end of my session. Thanks again for listening to the Amplify OT podcast. I'm going to try and get Heather Parsons back onto the pod to discuss these issues. So make sure to subscribe to the podcast if you aren't already so you get notified whenever that episode comes about. And uh, if you're feeling so inclined, don't forget to uh, leave us a nice, a nice little review down there. Thanks so much. And I will see you in our next episode of the Amplify OT podcast. If you made it this far, I want to just take a moment to say thank you so much for listening to the Amplify OT podcast, and I hope you're feeling a little more inspired and prepared to amplify your value and the value of occupational therapy. If you found yourself at any point thinking, gosh, I guess policy isn't that dull and boring, then you're definitely going to love how we talk about policy and advocacy in the Amplify OT membership. There's a link in the show notes where you can sign up today so you can take an immediate next step towards emerging as a confident clinician. And of course, don't forget to follow the Amplify OT podcast so that way you never miss an episode. And you know, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and leave us a five-star review because that's the best way to help others find the podcast too. And of course, thank you so much to Jessica Riccio for editing this podcast and for all of you for giving me a reason to record it. You're now officially part of the OT Amplifier community and you are now prepared to go out there and advocate for OT because remember, if we don't advocate for occupational therapy, then who will?